Say the books of the Bible to get started. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Judges, Psalms, Proverbs, Jeremiah, Daniel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelations. 
before I sing another song. Were you here last week? Okay. Those of you that did not get a trophy last week, and there were some that weren't here, you will get a trophy. So I'm going to get that taken care of this week, so don't you fret. Also, uh, if you were not here last week, you didn't get one of these cards either. I want to make sure you got a card, a kid scene card, all right? But we will take care of that, parents. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. We're going to get it done. I ordered 45 trophies thinking it might be a little too many, but, you know, it was way short. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll get those trophies taken care of uh, sooner than later, so don't fret. All right. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Climb up the mountain, point to the sun. Notice the grasses, count everyone. Measure the rainbow, sail to the sea. The wind is so beautiful for me. This is how we worship God, worship God, worship God. This is how we worship God according to His Word. Pray. We pray to the Lord our God, Lord our God, Lord our God. We pray to the Lord our God in Jesus' name. We give money to who? God, that's right. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord. To the Lord we give our money to the Lord, showing Him our love. That's right. We take the Lord's supper. We take the Lord's supper, Lord's supper, Lord's supper. We take the Lord's supper, remembering His death. We sing praises to our God, to our God, to our God. We sing praises to our God, singing in our hearts. Listen to what? The word of God. We listen to the word of God. Word of God. Word of God. We listen to the word of God and increase in faith. All right. If, huh? If I say here, you say.
Well, parents, you can help them at night. You can go over it with them, repetition too. Uh, and like I say, like I said last week, let me get this. Like I said last week, uh, for some of those that are smaller, younger kids, you can learn five or six at a time, say them, and then go to the next five or six. You don't have to worry about that anymore. So we want to make it as easy as possible. So let's practice and see what we can do tonight real quick. All right, if I say, where is creation, you'll say what? You got that one down, right? Okay. Creation. Genesis 1. Flood. You weren't even looking, were you? Wow, that's great. All right, Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow, you've been studying, hadn't you? Woo, that's all right, that's good. Uh, Joseph sold by his brothers. Genesis 37. Okay, plagues. Plagues. Exodus what? Exodus 7 12. Exodus 7, that's all right. Let, listen, y'all pay attention to what I'm doing here. Pay attention. All right. Creation. Genesis 1. Flood. Genesis 7. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. Right, let's do it this way. If I say Sodom and Gomorrah, you're going to say Genesis 19. All right. So listen. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. Let's do that again. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. I bet you don't even know who those two people are. Do you? No, no. No. All right. All right, Joseph sold by his brothers, say Genesis 37. 37. Okay, Joseph sold by his brothers. And the plagues, Exodus 7 through 12. All right, one more time, we're going to do it. Creation. Genesis 1. Flood. Genesis 7. Okay, all right. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. All right, Joseph sold by his brothers. Genesis 37. And the plagues. Genesis 7. Exodus 7. All right, we'll stop right there. But y'all uh, study these and, uh, you know, do the best you can with them. And, you know, you can learn them. These are something you, I've seen the songs y'all learn and sing, all right? And I don't even know, I, c I couldn't learn those. So I know you can learn this. All right. God set judges over Israel. One great woman, 14 men. They helped Israel fight their battles. Led them back to God from sin. Quickly, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Excellent. All right, let's close out with our questions. Tell me what true success in life is. Living your life and heaven. Okay, what's true failure in life? Living this life, going to hell. And also, let's try that one again. Let's say it together. What's true failure in life? Living your life, going to hell. Excellent. What's God's ideal for marriage? One man for one woman for life. Okay. And uh, why were you made? And because God made all of you, what does that mean? Alright, y'all are back in school. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Y'all are back in school. What are you gonna do all day tomorrow? I will do my best. Never give up and let God take care of the rest. And I'll always remember that right is always right. Wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong. It's never wrong to do right. And that's right. Alright. One, two, three. Jesus loves you. Three and four, he loves you more.
First of all, uh, I want to thank all these youngsters for being here tonight. It's good to, I think they've had some Hershey bars this afternoon, perhaps, but uh, they're doing very well. They're wonderful kids, and they come from good families. Y'all, listen. All right, we want to, uh, tonight as we welcome you, we are glad that you're here. Uh, we have visitors tonight. We're always thankful if you uh, are visiting with us. I hope you'll come back and be with us anytime that you can. Uh, you are an honored guest. Uh, as far as some announcements go, uh, we want to express our deepest sympathy to Brother Carl Dunlap. He is the preacher at Ozark. Uh, his wife passed away. Her name was Alicia. As far as I know, the arrangements are incomplete at this time. Also, we want to congratulate Drew and Katie Bruce. They found out they're having a girl. So uh, that's wonderful news. Y'all going to have to... This isn't WWE wrestling, all right? So we need to kind of sit together with our hands by ourselves, all right? All right, the next one I want to make is the Golden Circle Luncheon is going to take place this coming Tuesday at 11.30. We're going to be hosting the new, uh, the new Northeast basketball coach and her assistant. It's going to be a good day on Tuesday, and if you're in the Golden Circle, I hope you'll come, bring something to eat, and we'll enjoy that time together. Also, we're going to be taking the bus to Jacinto for the gospel meeting Tomorrow night, Brother Mike Eaton, one of our own, is the speaker. The bus will leave at 6.30. Uh, and let me mention that uh, Northeast Night is coming up. I hope we're excited about that. I uh, hope you'll sign up to bring food. There are gallon cans of green beans, baked beans, and potatoes in the annex to pick up. So you can take those with you and prepare the food. Uh, also, let me mention specifically our classes tonight. Uh, in the auditorium class... Uh, Stephen Hodgson will be teaching Answering Denominational Doctrines. For the Ken Forrest in the Annex is going to be teaching Judges and Ruth. And we're starting a new class for young adults tonight in the Annex. And, uh, no, in the Annex, in the little chapel. I'm sorry about that. So uh, we would like for the young adults, if you want to, to come to that class. Uh, if you're here tonight, you need to partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, immediately following our prayer, if you'll go back to the little chapel, uh, we'll get that taken care of for you. Before we are dismissed, uh, let's have a prayer. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the day. We're thankful for this wonderful opportunity where we can come together and study your word and be encouraged. Uh, we love you, Father, so very much. We're thankful for all you do for us. Uh, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.
this is just about right. I wasn't sure how far to put this. Hope all of you are well. Um, let's put my glasses on. Come on, now, there we go. Hope all of you are well tonight. This begins our new quarter with um, this particular class is scheduled to run through August, September, and October here in the uh, auditorium. Our topic, as you'll see in just a few moments, uh, is uh, uh, Bible Answers to Denominational Doctrines. And uh, we'll talk about that just a little bit in just a second. But uh, if you... Uh, if you just had that thought, if it just crossed your mind, oh, wait a minute, is he going to be the teacher? Uh, it's okay if you go ahead and leave. Um, it'll hurt my feelings, but I will get over it. Not you, Lisa, you can't leave. I, I, I saw that look. <laughs> I look forward to, to teaching, and I look forward to this particular class, and I know, I don't even know what time it is, so somebody will have to make sure that I uh, don't go over. Um, but we want to start, as, as is the case, as usually the practice, um, starting with, and that's why I'm, I'm trying to use my, uh, my iPad. I haven't used it before, so hopefully it'll do its thing. But uh, if you have someone to put on the sick list, uh, please tell us. We're going to have a prayer to focus our thoughts. And if there's someone about whom, yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Don't make fun of my handwriting. It is atrocious. Uh, yes, ma'am. Of course. We'll definitely keep her in our prayers. Okay. Tim, he's a, a neighbor of JT's. He went to Maywood with us, and I believe the seed is being planted. Yes, sir. Mary Ann Holly. Okay. So we don't remember the Howell family, of course. That's Rick Howell's. You're talking, that's, you're talking about Rick's wife, right? Yes. Uh, Rick has started teaching with, uh, with us at Quaver, and uh, I knew this was a possibility, but I didn't know it was this close. So we'll remember that family. 
Let's bow together. Father God, as we begin our Bible class tonight, we are mindful of your goodness and your grace. We are thankful that you allow us to come before your throne on the bended knees of our hearts. Father, we are thankful that you hear us. And tonight, first, we petition thee particularly about these individuals who are in the hearts of members of this class and have been brought to our attention. Uh, Teresa Taylor, Sue Mason, uh, the Jimmy Hatfield family, Courtney Owens, Mary Ann Holly, the Howell family. Father, I know there are many others. The back of our bulletin is full of those who are struggling. These individuals who we've named particularly, Father, they are having difficulties, hardships, sadness that we know is a part of life, but it never makes it easier. I pray that you will bless them. Thank you for the compassion in the hearts of those who brought them to our attention. And as we study your truth tonight and begin a new series of thoughts, may we have open Bibles, open minds, and ready hearts as we look into the things that you would have us to know and study. In your Son's precious, holy name we pray. Amen. Okay, tonight, as we look at some of these things together, there we go. Hang on, let me get my ducks in a row here. Yeah, there we go. All right. Hopefully everybody can see that. Um, this class is titled Bible Answers to Denominational Doctrines. Very first thing, though, as we get into this, it may have been you said, ooh, I want to go to that class and, and see what he stirs up. That isn't going to happen. And Or if you thought, ooh, that's going to be controversial, or, or I better... That isn't going to happen. But as we look at some things, one only has to spend some time in the world to understand that there are a group, there are many people in the world who think differently than we do. There are many people who, with good hearts, sincere uh, uh, motives, who are believing and practicing things that, that we're not sure coincides with what the Bible says. And with that said, you only have to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10 to understand where Paul said uh, to a group of people that he was dealing with division. And he said uh, that there be no divisions among you. He said, let there be no divisions among you. But all of you speak the same thing. To understand that in God's eyes, when that happens, something is amiss. And so it is with that train of thought that we're going to study. But don't be afraid to say, oh, I better not encourage somebody to, to watch the live stream during this class. I don't want them to get offended. Or I better not invite. I want to start this class. And by the way, it says lesson one. There are not 12 or 13 lessons in this series. Uh, there's only five so far. Um, it will take us more than one time period. And if somebody doesn't stop me at 6 o'clock, we'll still be going because I forgot to bring my phone. Uh, don't look at your watch. It's not time yet. Uh, but I want us to begin... I want, I'm just kidding. I want us to begin with an overview and an introduction. Before we actually get into some things that God tells us 
I want you to understand how we're going to approach this study, how we're going to go about it. This study has a threefold purpose and a plan. We do have a purpose for doing this. We do have a plan for going about this study. And there are three parts to it that I want us to think about just for a second. I want you to listen to each one and then listen to the scriptures that backs them up. Number one, our study objective. As we study these things, yes, we're going to look out there and find uh, some things that, that don't appear to match what we see in the Bible, and we're going to study those things. But as we do that, our objective is to identify, to recognize, to study and understand prevalent doctrines, teachings, ideas, practices, etc., that contradict the truth found in the Word of God, the gospel of Christ. So the idea is, let me start with this disclaimer, or this, this thought. I'm going to teach this class not as a lecture. Now, I hope you'll talk and that you'll read. But I'm going to teach this class with a perspective or, or with a mindset of talking to you as though I'm talking to someone who actually does see things differently. So that perhaps not only do we learn some things, are we better understand some things that the Scripture teaches us, but we also get a little insight... We also strengthen our own ability to actually have this discussion with other people, to have this conversation with other people. So our goal is to identify, to recognize when something that we hear, something that we friends of ours, business uh, associates, work uh, uh, colleagues, that they practice, they believe, they think, they talk about, doesn't match the Word of God, how do we approach that? So with that in mind, that's where we're headed in this. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And we'll move through these as quickly as someone will read them. But in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Okay, somebody read that. As you look at that passage of Scripture, and I encourage you to, to bring your Bibles and look at these together, but go back from chapter 4, or from verse 4, I mean, and look at it. Uh, having escaped the corruption that's in the world, we have access, or we've been granted His precious and great promises, and that's how we escaped. Okay, how did we get those things? Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His glory by which He has granted us. And all things that pertain to life and godliness are through God, through His divine power. You understand it's His divine power that was in play, but God chose to channel His divine power in empowering us with those great and precious promises 
through the knowledge of Him who called us. That's Christ. That's Christ. That's Jesus that He's talking about there. But He said through the knowledge of Him. Now, now wait a minute. Has given us all things or granted to us all things that pertain to life and Godliness. Okay, do you understand that everything that a person could ever want, everything that a person could ever need, aspire to, have a question about, all of that has already been addressed in the Word of God. You know, the next time you're reading the book of Ecclesiastes and you get in chapter 2 and you listen to Solomon talk about there's nothing new under the sun... And he begins to talk about a lot of the, the things that happen in the world, a lot of the processes, and then a lot of the negative things. Let that sink in for a minute. There is nothing new under the sun. That means there is nothing new that God is going to give us to address the things that are not new under the sun. Everything that you and I might could ever want or ever need has already been given to us. Okay, now wait a minute. Keep backing up. Verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied, how? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus. Well, back up to verse 1. We've obtained faith of equal standing, how? By the righteousness of our God and Jesus Christ. Folks, do you know what Romans 1, 16 and 17 says? Verse 16 that tells us that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 17 says, for in it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith. So you understand right there that everything that that we need has already been given to us. Okay, so I want to make sure we start with this premise. If our study objective is to identify, recognize, and study and understand prevalent doctrines and how they contradict or may contradict Scripture, here's what we need to understand first. It is absolutely possible to know what the truth is. You know, when Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free in John 8, 32, he wasn't just being uh, literarily uh, poetic. He wasn't just being uh, 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 using flowery rhetoric to move the crowd. He was stating an absolute fact. So the understanding is, I can know the truth so that I can compare it. Romans 16, 17. Romans 16, 17. And I have no problem if somebody wants to get ahead and, and read those. Go ahead, Rick. Please. Rick, are you the designated reader or are there other folks in here that read? Well, we get some other people too. We're going to work you to death. Go ahead. Please. Wait a minute. I, I appeal to you, brethren, to do what now? To watch out for those who do what? Create obstacles that are contrary to the what? Talk, talk to me. The doctrine that you've been taught. Okay, so according to that biblical principle, we it is absolutely possible for you and me to be taught the doctrine that is from God. In fact, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, for all Scripture is breathed out by God, is, is uh, um, inspired, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, 
That word man there, by the way, is not the male word. It's not a masculine word. It's the word anthropos. It's, you ever studied anthropology? Anthropology is a study of mankind, humans. That every human can be completely furnished to all good works to live the way God wants us to. So wait a minute. My understanding is, okay, this is God's Word. Be careful that you watch for those who create obstacles by doing what? This is the part where you talk. What's that verse say? Create obstacles by what? Swerving away from the gospel, moving away from the truth. Okay, so what's the principle? We can be taught the truth and we can recognize it when somebody goes away from it. If not, those verses mean nothing. Those verses have no place in holy writ if it is not possible to be taught the truth and recognize it and recognize it when somebody swerves from it. Yes or no? Come on now, yes or no? Okay, now, with that said, how many of you have ever been on, the, uh, on an interstate or, or some roadway, heavy traffic, uh, and had someone swerve into your lane? Yeah. Anybody? Okay. Did you recognize it when it happened? Right away, Right. Because you recognize when that someone was not where that someone was supposed to be, especially when it was that someone moved into your space. You recognized it. So understand we can recognize truth, be taught it. Now turn to 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. that just for a second. I'm going to take the time, and it will take probably two class periods, to lay a foundation of what exactly it is we're going to do before we dig in. The very first thing is as we seek to identify any idea, any thought, any doctrine or teaching or practice of any kind that doesn't harmonize with Scripture, uh, we're going to make sure that we do that because we've compared it to truth. Because here he said very plainly, this is why you should teach and preach, because there's coming a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, one translation says, sound teaching. But instead, by the way, do you know what sound teaching, I keep reaching my head for my glasses and they are not there. Uh, Sound teaching equals listening to the truth, because what does he say in verse number four? They will turn away from listening to the truth. You can't listen to the truth if the truth doesn't exist. If it's not possible to know what the Bible says about worship, about salvation, about uh, the body of Christ, if it is not possible for us to have an absolute understanding of what the Bible says, then we cannot have this class. We cannot have this discussion. 
But if there are those who are going to want people to tickle their ears, that, that's flowery speech for tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. And he said, they're going to stop following the truth. Well, how would you know that if you didn't know the truth to begin with? So our study objective is to make sure that as we draw a conclusion, we do it based on our comparison to what the Bible says about that topic. Because that's the only way that that will be correct. Number two, though, we have a study objective. We also have a study aim. This is what we're going to do. This is our aim in this study. And anytime you decide you want a copy of this, I have already I've got it in a PDF that I'll be glad to, to print for you. But turn to Ephesians 4. We're going to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 together in just a second. But I want you to think about what this particular aim is. This is our aim. This is important. To refrain from making assumptions, name-calling, or inappropriate attitudes of any kind, but rather to speak the truth in love to the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Time out. Let me make a little observation before we get real serious here. Y'all can laugh at me here. My kids laugh at me all the time. I've been in school two days and they're already laughing at me because uh, I learned something new about this laptop that I didn't know. And I said, when did this happen? And they said, it's been that way the whole time. Uh, and I just realized, you don't have to tell me what time it is. There's a clock right here at the top that I didn't know was there. Uh, fantastic. I learned something else new. Uh, okay, so... Um, our aim is to not make assumptions, not name call, not inappropriate attitudes of any kind, but to speak the truth in love, listen to me, to the glory of God and the saving of souls. Is that important? You better believe it. Somebody read, and I hope you'll listen to it if you're not looking at it yourself, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Okay, first of all, the principle is absolutely clear. We cannot escape it. We shouldn't want to escape it. That when we speak the truth, we must speak the truth, but we always speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in the love that we have for our Father. We love with all of our heart. The love that we have of Christ, from which we cannot be separated. Uh, the love that we have for others. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself, so said Christ, the neighbor, according to the parable of the Samaritan, was whoever needs you. If ever there was someone who needed something from you, it's the person you know whose soul is lost. Amen? And so therefore, how I, I love that person. My goal, and now I, I want to be careful here, but I want to also be very plain. Back up to verse... All right, back up. Thank you for reading that. Oh, wait a minute now. Check out verse 13. Verse 11 and 12 talks about he gave apostles, he gave shepherds, prophets, teachers to equip the saints to the building up of the body. For what for? Verse 13, until we all attain the unity 
But what unity? The unity of the faith. I heard you say, brother, just a minute ago, uh, that in Acts, uh, Acts, in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. The unity of the faith comes in our unity that we have in the Scripture, in the Bible that you just held up. You're absolutely right. To the knowledge of the Son of God, so that we're not tossed to and fro, carried about, but instead we speak the truth. But we speak it in love. Now, I, I want to make sure in this class there will be no name-calling. I'm not going to make any assumptions. I made this assumptions a long time ago. Well, uh, you're a so-and-so, and I named a, a religious belief or a religious group, and so you believe this. And I've had more than one person say, uh, no, where'd you get that? Well, look, I got a book that said, no. And I found it's, it's better to sit down with the Bible and talk to people than it is. But don't make assumptions. I'm not going to make an assumption and I'm not going to call names. You do not have to worry about me standing up here calling names. And I ask you not to do that either. I don't think that's what we need to do. And so I'm asking you not to do that. Well, the so-and-so's team... No. Well, how are you going to handle it then? We're going to take some doctrines that we know are out there and we're going to talk about those beliefs and see how they compare to the Word of God. And if they don't match the Word of God, whoever believes them needs to consider the truth and change. And the reason why I know that that's not the right practice, because number one, it's very careful. I better be careful. It's not love. It's not loving. I'll never forget as long as I live. As long as I live. Now, we were young. Uh, I used to think, uh, forgive me for uh, saying the word stupid, but the phrase young, dumb, and stupid... I used to just think that that was uh, something you said. It's really a thing. Uh, I learned that the hard way. Uh, when I went to, and I went to, uh, I went on a couple of campaigns, been on several campaigns, and I'll never forget, as long as I live, two of us were knocking doors and setting up Bible studies, and a man was walking down the sidewalk. I don't remember... Uh, which way he was walking. I don't remember what the man looked like or what he was wearing, but I'll never forget what it was said to him. My partner went across the street quickly to head him off and said, we're so-and-so, we're with so-and-so, and we'd like to, you know, and the guy said, okay, understand, what would you do? You would say, oh, I, I'm a member at. And so he said, I'm a member at and. I'm a member at, and he called a name, and that fellow said, oh, if you keep doing that, you're going to go to hell. Let me tell you why. We set up a Bible study with that fellow that night. No. Well, he came to the... No. He invited... He didn't. You didn't know him. You had no repertoire. You had no rapport with him. You had no... You had nothing with him, except, so our goal is not to approach it that way, but our goal is to take, here's the thought process, here's an, look, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the church first, we'll talk about the church, what the church is, what the Bible says about the church, now, 
Are there some beliefs out there that you've heard that are contrary to this? And if so, here's why they cannot work. They cannot be right. Now, if I do that with someone, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to ignore it, reject it, or they're going to find themselves face-to-face with the truth and respond to it. And that's how we're going to approach this class uh, with that in mind. Now, let's look at Jude chapter 1. And not Well, I always say chapter 1. Jude, the little book of Jude. And I say that because the, the Bible uh, program that I use calls it 1. Jude 1, 3, and 4. And I want you to notice this. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called to live in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God and the sensuality to deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure that you don't understand, or that you don't go out of here thinking that I said we're really not going to address anything, we're just going to talk around it because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That is not what I said at all. We're not going to deliberately attack anyone or any group of ones. Why? He said, earnestly contend for the faith. He said, here's why. Because certain folks have come in and they're on the inside and they're teaching things that are contrary, uh, perverting the grace of our God. And you know what's interesting there? In, if you read Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12, the grace of God that has appeared to all men has... Um, um, the grace of God that brings salvation, I knew I missed something, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. So the grace of God, we receive the grace of God in part through the word that he gives us and through which he strengthens us. And he, that grace teaches us. And yes, it can be perverted. Yes, it can be drawn away from. And when that happens, you must be willing to contend for the faith. But ladies and gentlemen, don't be mad at me. But the very first thing we have to understand is that the Bible does not condone, I'm not trying to be cute, but the Bible doesn't condone, never condones our being contentious with the faith. That's something different. When I contend for the faith, I'm still standing up for the truth, but I am still doing it in love. Why? Because if I speak the truth, it must be in love. I can't do it any other way. Because if I do, I'm not being Christ-like. If you think about that for a second, you say, wait a minute, now Christ turned over the, uh, the money changers' tables and He said, you've made my house a den of thieves. Uh, you're right. But how many money changers did He strike? How many money changers did he revile? So, we think about our, our aim is, is not to make assumptions. But here's the last. Let, let's bring it down now to understand. That's our, that's our objective. 
We're going to look for the truth and compare what, what we see to the truth. We're going to do it in a way that is designed to save souls. But number three, here's our study premise. Hey, what's a premise? Every good argument needs a premise. Ah, the frame of the argument. The argument sits on or sits in. Here's our premise for going about this. We've addressed our, our approach. We've addressed our attitude. Now here's the way we're going to, to go about it. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. To present only Bible principles by which all teaching and application of that teaching must be measured. And this, I think, will make sense here. Yes, we're going to reveal... Anything in the matter, uh, when it, whether it's in a, uh, the area of worship, whether it's in the area of salvation, whether it's in the area of the makeup of the church, the oneness of the church, the name of the church, how to get into the church, all of those things, the Bible has addressed those and so must we. And recognize anything that deviates from that. Do so in the right spirit. But now, somebody read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, please. I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. You hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Now, wait a minute. Did you hear that? Did you hear that last part? By which you are being saved. Were they being saved by? The gospel. He goes on to talk about what the gospel is, but sometimes we get to that part and we kind of miss this part. The gospel that you've received, that I preach, you're being saved by, and you hold fast to the word that I preach unless you believed in vain. It's empty. Vain means empty. It's empty if I don't hold on to it. Okay. So the premise upon which our study will rest is that we're going to, let's say, for example, you say, okay, uh, preacher, let's talk about the New Testament church. Does the Bible reveal the New Testament church, how it ought to worship, how it ought to uh, uh, um, grow, how it ought to, um, how uh, folks are saved? Does it address how, uh, et cetera? Yes, it does. Well, how do you know? How, how, how do we go about that? Paul said that you hold fast to the gospel which I've preached. Now, do you and I have access to the same gospel that Paul preached? Yes or no? Yes. So could, could the Apostle Paul stand before a group in the first century and talk to that group about the Lord's church and how it's made up and how it ought to function? Yes or no? Yes. Can I, with inspired writ in my hand stand in front of a group or sit across the coffee table with somebody and do the exact same thing? Yes, I can. And so with that in mind, we're going to present Bible principles by which all teaching and application must be measured. I have to measure whatever's being taught. And that includes me, by the way. You need to be measuring me. Anything that, okay, I heard this, or I've always thought this, or my preacher says, or I wonder if, whatever those things are, you put them on the table, you hold them in your hands, and then you compare them to what the Bible says on that subject, and you have your answer. 
It's that simple. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21. I will fight for the good. That's kind of a hard verse, isn't it? Not really. Test everything. You know, I think the King James says, prove all things. Test everything. What does that mean to you? Let's think outside of the scope of the Bible, of, of a biblical, spiritual realm, first of all. You test everything. Okay? I know, JT, may I use you as an example? I promise I'm not about to mess with you. Uh, may I use you as a legit example? Okay? Uh, have, aren't you, you often bring garden vegetables and, and share with us, right? Uh, have you ever brought any peppers? Uh, my dad loves peppers, and he said, and he, cow horn peppers. You ever had any, y'all know what cow horn peppers are, anybody? No? It's a, oh, okay, at least one person knows what they are. But they are, are they hot or are they mild? Yeah. They're mild, okay. Well, these, uh, this particular pepper that he sent, first time I, he sent me some, oh, they were good. I, I ate them like candy. Well, you know what happens to pepper late in the summer after it's dry? Oh, you know exactly what happens to it. Well, he sent me one, and it was a big grin. Oh, it was so good. I, I put half of it in my mouth. It was so painful. That was the hot. I thought I was going to be sick. That's how hot it was. What I should have done is what? Tested it. Nibbled the end of it. May had my wife taste it. No, she wouldn't do that. Uh, right? To, to test it. Okay, you get that. Why, okay, why would I do that? Why would I test it? Come on, that's not a trick question. So I don't burn myself up, right? Okay, so I want to test something to make sure it's what I think it is. Or I want to test something to make sure it's supposed to be. We have that uh, large, um, I don't know how many gallon, Olympic-sized pool at Maywood, and every so often, especially after uh, folks swim in it, and especially when they swim in it in their uh, swim trunks that they took to the beach and they brought back and got in the pool with that you're not supposed to do, uh, and all that good stuff, the, you'll see the lifeguard down there with his little kit, and he's, he's dripping water, and he's doing this, and he's... What's he doing all that for? Why would he do that? What difference does it make? Water's water's water. Obviously not, right? Okay. Because I can remember a time we showed up down there and somebody didn't make the test and the water was green. I said, oh, it's swamp time. Uh, that didn't turn out to be a lot of fun. You get it, don't you? Well, now bring it in. It said, he says, test all things and hold fast to what is good. If you're wondering... Is this idea, this thought, this, this uh, thing we came up with, let's compare it to the Bible. If it, doesn't if it doesn't match what the Scripture says, then we have to get rid of it. Well, this, hmm, that's, that's the only other way. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Now, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13. Sound words that you have heard from me. One more time, if you don't mind. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Sound words, teaching of the truth, sound teaching, sound doctrine, 
They all describe the same thing, right? And what are those things describing? Come on, y'all talk to me. Sound teaching, sound... Sound words, what? Who said doctrine? Okay, doctrine, but... What is sound anyway? Sound doctrine. Comes from God. Comes from God. Actually, the word has to do with whole or healthy. It's healthy because it comes from God. It's healthy because it has everything it's supposed to. It's not healthy when it lacks something. Um, now, get that right. Uh, um, I'm uh, right now. I'm taking medicine because I have too much. I have uh, too much sugar. Um, who knew that? Uh, I didn't realize that 200 was a bad number. I kind of liked it. Nice round number. Apparently not. Uh, so I'm taking medicine because I've got a limb, and I'm doing because things are not healthy. I've got something that shouldn't be there. I'm missing something that ought to be there. I get that. Well, that's what sound doctrine is. Read that verse one more time. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Follow the pattern. Somebody explain to me a real world, world example. We're going to sit here till somebody talks. A real world example of why a pattern is important. What makes a pattern important? It's predictable. Ah, oh, it's predictable. Uh, any of you uh, I could tell you exactly what my grandmother's biscuits were going to look like on any given day of the week. You know why? Because you use that same uh, glass that she got out of the oatmeal. I remember that uh, to cut those biscuits with, and they were going to look that way. Some of you laughing because you do the same thing. They look. They were always the same. Next year, they'll be the same. They would be the same. Two, ten years ago, they were the same. Why? Same glass. You don't mess with grandma's biscuit glass. Uh, that's a pattern. You get that, right? Get the same thing every time. Not just the glass, but what went into the dough. Followed a pattern. Okay, tell me something else about a pattern, then we'll quit. What happens if the pattern is flawed? not how could you miss that you can't miss that can you you can't miss that any of you woodworkers in here any woodworkers any anybody uh work with okay so what happens if you're uh, maybe uh sawing rafters and and you measure one and then you use that one as your pattern you use the next one as your pattern and instead of using the same pattern you See, hold fast to the pattern of sound words. We're going to compare everything we discuss to the pattern of sound words. If it matches, then it's truth. If it doesn't, then it's not truth. That simple. So that was lesson one. Next week we're going to talk about the foundation of doctrine. Well, not next week because that's Northeast 
uh, Sunday. And, but the next week, foundations of doctrine that please God. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for allowing us to be here, to be your children, to study your truth. May we look into it in a way that we are ready when we face the world. We're ready to defend the truth and teach the truth and live the truth. Keep us safe as we travel, as we go home, as we live for you this week. In Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you all.